episode 164 of the Thunder Underground podcast. I'm Trent. Jason's here. And I guess it's time for podcast in chains. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I had to be stupid. Let's do it. Stay started off with a pun. That's fun. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ, I just rhymed. <laughs> We've got the next edition of every album in a row. Yes. And we've actually been all over the place the last few weeks with several of these. Yeah, definitely. We went, did quite a few early, mid last year, and then dropped off for a bit. And in the past three weeks, we've had one from Kiss, and then we re-released our Metallica one. In the past, we've done a bunch of other bands. We'll talk about that later. But this week, it's going to be Smiles and Chains, where we went through the whole discography. Yes. Before we get into that... Because this whole thing's just going to be about Alice in Chains. We figured we should play some music. Let's do it. We're going to play a band out of Grand Rapids, Michigan called Black Front Inc. And this song is called Darker Shades.
Darker Shades from Black Front Inc. out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Check out our website, thethunderunderground.com. On the independent review section there, Jason wrote a review for these guys a couple months ago. I sure did. They have a full eight-track album up on Reverb Nation. Weighty stuff. Heavy, heavy. Yeah. And if you're one, did we play that track because it's has a feel of anything we're about to talk about? It's chainsy. It's chainsy. You know. I like that. That's a good adjective. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. But yeah, killer vocals, great music. All these guys' music, you know, has... There's several of the songs that are heavier like that. They got some laid back stuff, but it's kind of like we said, and I don't know if it was that interview or one of those, or excuse me, that review or one of those reviews you mentioned something's going on up in Grand Rapids because yeah. you're like the now the official music beat writer for Grand Rapids. I, I can be. I'll do it. Because we've wrote reviews of like four bands, yes. I think now. Four or five. Yes. I mean, there's a... Uh... We started with our buddy Slumlord Radio back yeah. in the day. <laughs> those guys are awesome. Yeah. Um, hey, there's something going on up there, so uh, get up there and check it out. Yeah. Black Front Inc. Black Front's all one word. Check them out. Reverb Nation, Facebook. Inc. with a K. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Good thing you pointed that out. Very well. Very well. Well, let's get into this. Yeah. Yeah. Let's this just will be uh, a little lengthy, maybe. Jump into the whole. Yeah, exactly. If this is your first time listening to one of these, every album in a row is exactly what it sounds like. We just compile a band's entire discography including any tracks that weren't on albums that were new tracks non-live all that kind of stuff compile it into one big playlist and just barrel through it we just talk about it yeah from the first song to the last all in order and you know and what i'm about to say is exactly what these episodes we're doing is is all about um in a way i've kind of rediscovered um, or I've kind of looked, you know, I've looked at some later Alice in Chains stuff differently now that we've done this. So, which is great, and that's why we do these, and that's exactly, you know, the the reason I think. So this is really cool to do. Yeah, I mean, we talked about that with Kiss. There's a lot of stuff you forget about because there's so much material. Yeah, yeah. And there's stuff like in the instance of Alice in Chains that, you know, maybe you listen to when it came out, and then just it, you then keep listening to it like you did the early stuff. Well, this, there was 90 songs, or 91 songs, including the final track that they've recorded recently was the Rush uh, cover Tears that came out after The Devil Put Dinosaurs Here. Really? But, anyway. Gotcha. (laughs) So, yeah, 91 tracks, which was five studio albums, two studio EPs, one live album, and six tracks from compilations and soundtracks. Yes. And, of course, usually we don't do live albums. First time we did it was for Kiss because mm-hmm. they have such an iconic live album with yeah. a live. And then yeah, we just yeah. love Unplugged. And then we kind of mentioned that on there that, hey, if we ever did Alice in Chains, we should probably include Unplugged since it's such a big yes. thing to a lot of Alice in Chains fans. And a lot of people consider it one of the, if not the best MTV Unplugged ever, you know? Yeah, it's definitely a landmark in the world of Alice in Chains. And, uh, you know, like like you said, this is this is case to case, and this is definitely a case where you'd want to include it. Right. And I think people would kind of scratch their heads if we didn't. Right. <laughs> well, just starting from the beginning, do you remember 
when you first heard Alice in Chains? Was it Headbangers Ball or something? Um, you know what? I, I, I do, I do remember. Um, and this is going to be a little weird, but you know, growing up, you know, out where we're at, where we were at, we didn't have cable. And my dad had one of those gigantic uh, satellite dishes. Right. And I we couldn't get MTV then, but you could get much music from Canada. And they had a and and I found that, and so they had a power hour. Right. Where they're always showing metal stuff, and the first first thing I ever saw from them was the CSRO video. Usually, it's like you know, Man in the Box. Some kids heard that on the radio or something. Not me. I had to do something different, and that was the first time I'd seen them and heard them, and. I thought it was really cool. I mean, you know, opens up with the piano and it's like, wow, that guy's got short hair. You know, most, most bands didn't at that time, 1990, 91, whatever. So yeah, that was, uh, that was my first exposure to them. What yeah. about you? Well, like you said, being here, it's like people probably heard of Alice in Chains if you're on the West Coast way yes. before we did, because here, as far as mainstream rock goes, it would kind of, that stuff didn't really hit the radio around here mm-hmm. until like late 91 probably. Yeah. But, you know, well after the first album was out. But I remember the first time I knew who Alice in Chains was, was because of, uh, was it Aaron Wood or not Aaron Wood? I don't know. Someone at our school. <laughs> I said Aaron Wood. Huh? Someone at our school always wore the facelift shirt. I rem- I, I think I know who you're talking about. Um. There was some, there was some guy. I don't know who he was, but he had long hair. No, and, this dude had short hair. Oh, I know Jason <laughs> Featheringill always wore that face. Okay, then that's who it was. Then. Yeah. 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 Like, and I just thought, man, that's a cool looking shirt. And that's all I knew about the band was the cover of Facelift because uh, yes. okay, that's what yeah, the he, front of the shirt I was. I remember that. That's crazy how you mentioned that and that came up out of my head. That's insane. <laughs> but that is definitely true. And then later, I'm pretty sure I just heard Man in the Box, yeah, like you yeah. mentioned on the radio. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it really started sticking with me after more stuff started hitting the radio. And I think the first thing I probably got was dirt and then, then got facelift. If I remember right, probably I'm sure that's how I because did about 92 was when I started getting into that kind of stuff outside of like the glam or the thrash stuff yes. that we were only listening to. Yeah. But the first album facelift came out in 1990 and it's fucking great. It's a great record. Yeah. This is, you know, get ready for basically a love fest here for the first few albums, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but this, you, I don't even know how to put it into words. You know, these first two albums are, you know, there's a lot of bands where their first two albums are just unbelievable. Yes. You know, Pantera, mm-hmm. Tesla, Led Zeppelin, who else? You know, whatever, I mean, Metallica. We could go on. Yeah. there's But there's always bands who's like, well... Their second album one is great, but whatever. These these two albums are as perfect as two albums in a row can be. I uh, yeah, I think so. And just whenever it, it starts off with that opening riff of We Die Young, you know you got something oh, different yeah. here from what at least was in the mainstream at that time. One of my favorite Allison Chain songs. Yeah, it's just so it's short to the point, cool as hell. And <clears throat> Man in the Box. That's the second track, right? And it's like, I got to a point early on, there's a few other, there are other songs I might mention this too, but like, I got kind of tired of that. Yes. But, you know, back when I was younger, but now when you hear it, I'll crank it up. 
because it's yeah. just a great fucking song. It is. It's and I always have that image, of that video in my head. That's one of the rare songs where I always have the image of the video in my head while I hear the song. Yeah, but the, you know, "Man in the Box" is so. I mean, it, you know, it should be in the Smithsonian. It's just so like ingrained in everything. You know, if you're a rock fan, um, and and I agree, I kind of agree with you about how overdone it is. It's like, I could, I'll, I'm fine with never hearing that song ever again. Cause it's ingrained in my brain. Yeah. I listen to it anyways. <laughs> um, it, funny, funny enough. And it was always so overplayed back when, back when my old band was playing out in my twenties, we played some gig in Oklahoma city and we were doing a bunch of covers and they actually asked to see our set list and they crossed out man in the box. Seriously. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> shitting you guys like no man in the box here. Every fucking band does it. It's been done to death. You're not doing that song. So <laughs> awesome. we didn't because it was a shady place and I didn't want to die. <laughs> so, and you know, I'm pretty sure my bandmates felt the same. So right. we did not do that, even though it is a fun song to play and super fucking easy. It's like. Stairway to Heaven from Wayne's World. Yes, no stairway. <laughs> stairway denied. This was Man of the Box denied. <laughs> so, yes. Well. Anyways. You mentioned Sea of Sorrow. Oh, I, I love that song. You know, like I said a minute ago, the piano starts out with it and it just kind of builds up and it's got an insane chorus. You know, I mean, we're going to, the the sound that Lane Staley and Jerry Cantrell's vocals make together is something we'll probably be mentioning a lot through this episode. Right. I mean, it's just, it's, it's so unique and it's so perfect. Really? This is my favorite Alice in Chains song. Really? Yeah, nice. absolutely. I like it. No, there's one other one that comes real close, but this is number one. And then you, what you just mentioned about Lane and Cantrell together. Yeah. Bleed the Freak. The next song had, it was probably the first instance you know, on album where you heard, you know, their harmony together of mm -hmm. that laid back intro yeah. that happens a lot throughout the rest of the discography. And I actually have notes for almost every single song in this album. It's really? weird. It's the only one that I did that. <laughs> See, I didn't. I, <laughs> I usually, you know, usually we just mentioned a few highlights. That's but, what I did. That's what I did with my notes. But this is, I don't know, facelift. I'm just like, I love this so much and I yeah. love it so much. I used to say I like it better than dirt, but yeah. I think I, you know, we'll get to that in a minute. But <laughs> like the, the guitar riff. And I can't remember is like so wicked. That might be Cantrell's best guitar riff ever, in my opinion. Yeah. And. You know, love, hate, love. As you, you know, I could put that probably in my top five or six of all time as well. I mean, like just his, <clears throat> just his vocals. You always hear emotion in Lindsay's vocals, mm -hmm. but the emotion in the music of this one is almost as intense as yeah, his vocal approach. You know, definitely. And then you get a song like "Sunshine," where it's the first one where the music almost sounds upbeat. Yeah, even though lyrically. Oh, it's, we know yeah. it's not. Yeah, right. definitely. <laughs> and then, you know, this rounds out with like Confusion, which is one of my favorite songs on here as well. And then you've got I Know Something, which had probably maybe remnants of what their sound was before. Yeah. You know, because we all know they're a little more melodic. Yes. Or what we always heard, at least. See, well, go keep going. And, and then finally, you know, it rounds out with Real Thing, which just has another wicked... Lane Staley vocal 
on Put You Down almost has like a mother love bone feel to it, which that. has a real kind of like what I said with I Know Something, you know, yeah. reminiscent of maybe a previous, you know, a sound that they started with before they developed into what they were. Yeah. And it ain't like that. I mean, that is, um, that riff is just mean as fuck, man. That's, that's kind of what I, I mean, what a riff, you know, that was my note, but I mean, I, I, I can expound on that. It's just like, and then, the, you know, the chorus that, that it goes into, but I mean, that was, that riff really sticks out at me. That's, that's one, you know, that's one that'll get stuck in your head. Like a, a melody of a song can get stuck in your head. This riff will get stuck in your head. I mean, you know, I, if, I'm not into like singing guitar sounds, but if I did, I would do it, you know? Yeah. But that's something you can save for pretty much. Yeah. About Alice in Chains is one thing that always stands out is those, obviously the vocals, obviously the harmonies, mm -hmm. the guitar riffs, and just that darkness. Yeah. And, and one one thing I wanted to say about Facelift, uh, you know, because there's, you know, Put You Down and even We Die Young in other moments in the album you know when i when i first heard them in 91 or whatever and i didn't you know you didn't know you know you didn't know grunge you just heard good music and i didn't think you know oh i didn't think anything was going to change in the next few years it's just this is a great band yeah here's another metal band yes and and and, and you see their progression, but yeah, there's a few moments in these in this album where you can kind of see where they came from a little bit. You know, there was more of an '80s slant, just just a slight. You know, um, so it's cool to see. You know, now that we get into dirt, you know, they've really kind of progressed more and kind of grown more. Yeah, and they're or you know, they're that them and Soundgarden both. You know. Obviously, you're two of the biggest yes. bands that get labeled grunge, and they're the two bands that, to me, just sounded like a metal band that had a little bit different feel to them. And they, I get that, yeah, exactly. You know, and they were yeah. just from the area, but they also—I mean—they had the the attitude of grunge, which was the depressiveness, I guess. I think so. Oh, <laughs> or yeah. depression or whatever. Oh, yeah. But as far <laughs> as music goes, I mean, you could—if grunge had never been a thing—they still could could have succeeded, you know. Mm. But yeah, going into early 92, they released Sap. Yes. And this is the first, here's a big change all of a sudden. If, you know, you know Allison Change, you know Facelift, and now here's a, was it four songs, a four track EP yeah. that's all acoustic or laid back. You know? and, and the first two are like epic fucking iconic songs still to this day that people, that people just glom onto. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I didn't even think about it. I, You know, I, I remember Got Me Wrong being played on the radio all the time yeah. later. But when I was reading some stuff a few days ago, I didn't realize Got Me Wrong wasn't a hit until like 94. Because it was re-released on the, on the Clerks soundtrack yeah, yeah, as yeah, a yeah. single from that soundtrack. Mm -hmm. And then that's actually when it became a radio hit. And it wasn't from Sap. See, that's interesting. I, You know, it... it... That's probably something that I read or knew, but it's been so long. Um, See, that so is, that is pretty interesting. Since it came out in that time, a lot of people probably thought it was on Jar of Flies or yeah. something because it would have fit yeah. on there. Oh, totally. Know? It really, I mean, it would have fit on any any of their records. Maybe not yeah. Facelift, but 
anyways. Well, really, the first two facelift and dirt, they didn't have any just straight up songs like that were like that that had acoustic to them, yeah, really. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, and then you've got Right Turn, which has Cornell singing with Wayne Staley, where you've got two cool, of the greatest yeah. vocalists of this era, or pretty much any era, singing together. And yeah, My Inside is a great track as well. So, I mean, this is just a killer EP that I don't know if they put out just to, since the they were starting to swell a little bit, you know. The mm-hmm. record company probably had them put it out to have something out there while they were waiting on the next album. You know? And it did good. Yeah. So, And then later that year, in 92, was when Dirt came out. Oh, man. And here we go. Here we go, yeah. you know. I mean, I I feel comfortable saying that this is my favorite House of Chains album, but it's so close with Facelift that it's hard to say. I see. But kind of what you just said a few minutes ago, this really encapsulates their sound, so this might be why it pushes a little buff to me. D- definitely. And I think one thing for this this album did for me is in 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 you know the realm of Alice in Chains, this album was so goddamn good and it was so successful that it kind of made everything after it seem kind of phoned in sometimes. <laughs> even if it wasn't that's a good point even if it wasn't because i thought about that because, in later albums yeah. and i'm like but i never thought of it that way yeah because you're trying to in your head it's not living up to what this was it's exactly <laughs> and that's my problem or that's our problem as fans or whatever however you want to label it but that's just how amazing this record is and you, you know there's a million bands you could apply that thinking to i just it that just kind of occurred to me um, and we can, you know, I can get more into that when we get into the later records, but I just, you know, wanted to point out that's, that's how huge this record was, is, and, is. And like any amazing album that's all killer no filler, I mean, the non-radio tracks are so freaking good that exactly. many times, most of the time, they're better than the fucking radio tracks. And exactly. that's not just saying it because the song's overplayed, I'm just saying it because that's the truth, you know. Yeah. I mean, it right at the beginning, damn that river. I mean, this is one of the best fucking songs you've ever heard. Well, I gotta <laughs> let me just okay. that's another song your band would play. I remember that. Oh, yeah. Well, we even did it like the album, we'd do them bones and go right into damn oh, that, that river. That's right, because that's fun as fuck. Yeah, and that's and that's something that I've made a note of is um, that is probably the best one two punch on a rock and roll record that I can think of is, you know, the first two songs out of the gate, squashing your balls, just bam, bam. Even better than Mouth for War, New Level? Well, now that's a good point. Well, we can say the battery master puppets, you know, this is just in rock, you know. (laughs) You you know what? Let me just, let me have this. Even better than Welcome to Jungle, that's so easy? Let me just have this for this episode. Okay. Dick. Just kidding. But I'm just saying, I mean, it, you know, and this was, uh, you know, and we played it just like that. You know, Alice in Chains was like one of the one bands that we all four loved, whatever. And we did it like that. And it was so fun to learn. Um, and again, you know, because this album is so good and so successful, uh, you know, it taught me shit about music. It taught me shit about playing. I mean, that's that's how far reaching this album has been in everybody's life. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, Rain When I Die 
is I mean, even that's fucking amazing. An amazingly huge epic song that it's it's got one of his best vocals ever. And then the song itself almost is just real loose compared yeah. to most of their stuff. Yeah. It's almost like someone sitting around jamming and coming up with this as they go, yeah, even though it's I, so well crafted. I get that totally. But and that's kind of unusual for most of their music. Yeah. It's like if this if this album was like a plush doll, I would want to hug it. Like <laughs> I would give it a big hug, like a big one that you want at the fair. <laughs> I that's what I would hug this album all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I wish this album was a sex doll. Well, okay. And I would set it on my angry chair. Oh man, now you're ta- you're taking it to some levels, man. <laughs> but speaking of angry chair, Yes. This is my second favorite Alice in Chains song. I, oh man, that, I mean, very closely behind Sea of Sorrow. That's another. That's another one. When you know, when I heard this song, because I it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but this one was one of the later singles that was released from this record. I can't remember for sure. It, it seems like it was, and I remember hearing this going, "Jesus Christ, this band can't. They can't fail. <laughs> this song, can't, everything they do is fucking. It's like, you know, turns to gold. Yeah." Well, the cool thing about this is it's, <coughs> excuse me, I mean, you've got this bass line from Mike Starr, which is just yes, combined with everything else in that song, but that bass line is just so cool sounding mm-hmm. because it's not, I don't know how to explain it because I'm not a bassist, but it's not typical sounding mm-hmm. in a way. And, you know, oddly enough, that and one of the biggest hits, you know, Wood had yeah. Mike Starr all over it as well. Yeah. But I mean, Junkhead, I love, and that, you know, that's a great song. The lyrics, you know, what's your drug of choice? What do you got so I don't go broke? I mean, that's just like, it's fucking brilliant. And at the same time, it's like, fuck, that's fucking sad. Yeah. And that's a thing I read up about this album and it was just completely entrenched in, you know, drugs and, you know, heroin and depression. And it, 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 it was intense, man. It was intense. Yeah. And, the title track is one of my, you know, this was one of the ones that listening back jumped out at me because I hadn't heard it in so long. Yeah. And it's just, I forgot how freaking great that song was. Yeah. And lyrically, I can't even remember lyrics off my head. I just wrote it down. <laughs> that lyrically, I thought it was one of the cooler, you know, song or yeah. one of the better songs they ever had. I mean, lyric wise. <clears throat> but Wood, kind of like I mentioned earlier. Is the one Austin Shane song that was so overplayed to me that I just, yes. if it came on the radio, I would just change the channel. And <laughs> Even though it's badass. Yeah, it's a great song, but I just, back then yeah. in the early 90s, heard it so much that in the later 90s and early 2000s, I'd just change the channel. Yeah. But now if I hear it, if it comes on Sirius or something or comes on Spotify, I'll crank it up because right. it's fucking great because I'm, you know, I'm separated from that now, I guess. <laughs> but, and that's. You know, another thing to point out, that was actually released before that. Yes, it was. I remember that. You know, it's part of the single soundtrack. Yeah, singles. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Well, down in a hole. I mean, I know it's a single. Yeah, we didn't even mention that. I know. Well, we got, you know. That never gets old to me. No. And and I think as sad as that song is, something about how they do it, the the melody or the vocals, or it seems to have some kind of positive vibe in there somehow. It's... Yeah, it's sad, but the music and the harmonies kind of uplifting yeah, as well. The, the chorus kind of ascends, you know, a little bit. And it's it like just, a lot of typo negative music. Yes, yeah. this is really depressing, but it also makes me feel good. Yeah, 
which you know that's what music should do i guess really. right um rooster i mean that's another one but down in the hole and rooster are two songs that as as well overplayed like wood but they yeah. never got tiring to me at all exactly and i could listen to those forever basically but yeah that pretty much covers that right yeah i mean as far as song as songs go but again we we want to hug this record yeah that's and how good it is well, another thing to mention was, you know, when we first started listening to this a couple weeks ago, you sent me a message, I think, and said, I started this, but I stopped after dirt because I needed a, I needed a mental break or something yeah, like that. I can't totally. remember how you worded it. You said it's because it's so intense. Listen to those two albums yeah. or two albums and EP back to back, you know. Yeah. There's so much. I thought maybe I was going to start shooting up heroin at one point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was. <laughs> fucking intense man it really was i was like okay i need to i need to put on some like poison or fucking blink 182 or some dumb shit you know just, i don't know what I don't, the fuck i don't, I don't know blink where the fuck that came from <laughs> but i mean i just had to put on something brainless for a minute because you need to put on flicker and shine <laughs> which completely off subject i watched that earlier when you told me to well I, and he, yeah. <laughs> what did I tell you, man? What did I tell you? He always kind of has that wild-eyed thing about him, but he really, I think he was, uh, you know, I don't think he let the cocaine be. Yeah, we're talking pun, about. Pun intended. Old Crow Medicine Show at South by Southwest. Yep. <laughs> Leave it to us to completely go off on a completely unrelated <laughs> tangent. That's what we do best, deal with it. Right. Well, not long after Dirt, in 93... Last Action Hero came out. Oh, man. And now this is going to be awesome. They released a soundtrack, which is still to this day one of the greatest movie soundtracks ever released. Yes. And a, I mean, a great thing about this soundtrack was... Fight me, bro. It's one of the best. <laughs> was something we've mentioned many times throughout this podcast is that 92, 93 time span. Yes. Was such a cool time for music because you still had the bands that we love from the 80s. Like the glam bands or the, you know, huge rock bands like Def Leppard or whatever. Yeah. Still hanging around. And then you had all this new stuff that was getting huge like Alice in Chains and Soundgarden and Stone Dwarf Pilots or whatever. And then you had all the metal stuff in there. The metal stuff. Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax, who was doing their thing. And that was all mixed together. And you even had stuff like Black Crows and yeah, Brother Kane getting big. It was but, such a great time. And we this, could do a whole hour on this, but and which we probably will. Yeah, assume. yeah, yeah. But the, the soundtrack encapsulated all that. Yes, it did. Because you had Anthrax, you had Megadeth, and then you had stuff like Def Leppard and Queensryche and Tesla, mm -hmm. and then you had Alice in Chains. Chains, yeah. And it's the only band that was on there twice. I, when when you when you hear these two songs, you know why, because they're so fucking amazing. Right. <laughs> but What the Hell Have I and A Little Bitter are the two tracks. Yes. They were on Last Action Hero. And you hear these songs, and they sound just like, stuff from dirt to when i hear them i think i bet these were songs that didn't make the cut yeah but i hear what the hell have i and i'm like how in the fuck could this not make the cut yeah, right? i know i know it's just that that fucking eastern <laughs> guitar thing that's going on i mean <laughs> that that is probably one of i mean i i don't know i it, it, there's a ton of songs i say it's my favorite Alice in Chains song. i don't know it would absolutely be in my top 10 oh, if i was man. making a list definitely and it would be high up in the in yeah. the, in in the top ten. Um, so but you can't think of a song on Dirt that you're like, well, throw that off to put these on. Yeah, no, but it's just yeah. like both those songs 
are good enough that they could have easily been on that, right? Yep. What the hell have I? I mean, it was amazing. And a little bitter, you know, I was listening to that at work in, in my headphones, and I hadn't, literally hadn't listened to that song in at least probably 20 years. Wow. And, you know, kind of when it stops and he does his little guitar runs and stuff, I mean, I was, you know, air guitar and right along to him. Like, I just, that's how stuck in your brain you knew it was coming up. Yeah. And it's just that, that's how ingrained the stuff gets in you. Um, those are two, I mean, I'm so glad they're on the soundtrack, but man, they could have been in, they could have been in on the albums. Yeah. They could have saved it for a later album too, but they didn't. So it doesn't, I, know, I know. Yeah. But like I said, it doesn't really need to, because that's one of the points that made this, like we said, a soundtrack that has lived on forever, yes. at least in our hearts. Exa- exactly. <laughs> but then 94. Jar of Flies came out, and we're kind of getting this, in a way, the same kind of feel we had with Sap, but a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. because Sap leaned more to just acoustic, where Jar of Flies was acoustic, but it was also, had more going on. Yeah, there That's was the right some ele- electric guitar soloing and that yeah. kind of deal. And this, you know, this is like at the height of their... All this stuff, basically. Oh, you know, the whole grunge era, the height of their popularity. And, you know, it was such a huge album. And even though it was only, it was considered an EP, but it's what, like seven tracks. Yeah. And this thing is just, every single one of them is great. And it's another one that I haven't, I didn't, haven't listened to straight through in quite a long time before we did this. And it kicks off with Nutshell, which is many people's. Oh, yeah. You see this all the time. Yeah. That someone's like, what's your favorite Alice Jane song? And I see a ton of people say Nutshell, mm-hmm. which is great. You know, I never, I like it. I never identified with it, I guess, the same way that a lot of people do. Because I, I you know, I hear it and I can see why people would see that. It's a great freaking song. Yeah. And it's got, you know, some killer guitar work in it. And, of course, Lane Staley's full of emotion and he's what he's singing. Always. But to me, I'll mention this later, this is even better live. That song, at least. Yeah. Well, I Stay Away and No Excuses are I mean, two of these songs that I would flip the channel when yes, it came to, when it came to so the late, mid-late 90s. I'm like, man, I've heard I Stay Away so many times. But when I heard I Stay Away and No Excuses when we're, I was listening to this the other day, I fucking cranked it up like, and was just like screaming along. Yeah, it's like, it's <laughs> fucking great. Yeah. I'm like, why have I been skipping this? <laughs> and and I, I got to say, Rotten Apples had that that iconic bass line that opens it up. Yeah. You know, that, I mean, you just know what it is, and you're never going to forget it. And we didn't mention, this is the first album. Yes. With Mike Inez. Exactly. So, yeah, at this point, Mike Starr was gone, and Mike Inez joined the band. And that... Well, Don't Follow was always one of my favorite oh, yeah. favorite ballads of that whole yes. time period, no matter what style of rock. Such a great, just a great song. And Well and the Wasp, totally random note, but I remember when they played, uh, they went on that tour like 10, 10, 12 years ago where they did an acoustic tour. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, not long after they came back with That's William right. Ball, and they opened the show with that. I think it was the recorded version. Yeah. I don't know why that sticks out in my head, but... Hey, that's cool. Yeah. That's good. But yeah, such a... I mean, and I know this... 
was one of the big, you know, it's probably one of the bigger EPs ever made as far as sales wise goes. Oh man. I mean, everybody had that record. Yeah. All right. Then in 1995, they followed up Jar of Flies with their self-titled album. Yes. The and classic image of the three-legged dog. Three-legged dog. And, and this is where I start thinking, oh man, it's not dirt. So, but, but it's really <laughs> a great fucking album. So I need to get rid of that. And it's a good point because whenever I get, hey, actually, got this at Best Buy at midnight. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Was this the one where, I think it was me, you, Seth, and Thrasher. Mm Mm-hmm. And And Thrasher went Thrasher made him go get fucking ACDC. ACDC Ball Breaker. Yeah, yeah. I think, or maybe that came out the next year. Maybe it was just an old ACDC album. But they did it, you know, and he just did it to be difficult, I guess. (laughs) But, hey, he got Ball Breaker, so. (laughs) Right. But yeah, whenever I got this, I listened to it and it's cool. It's got a lot of cool stuff, but that's, I remember being a little disappointed Yeah, when I first got it. There were songs I liked, but yeah, it wasn't dirt and it wasn't facelift. Yeah. I mean, and you know, know. you can't always judge someone on that because going back and listening to it again now, it's a good album, but I think overall it might not be as well put together as the first two full length albums, Yeah, but it's got tons of great stuff and it's a good listen uh, yeah i mean grind is a classic alice and chain song right i mean i mean it's signature chorus um and it brings them right back into that heavy yes, alice chain song after totally. jar of flies yeah you know? oh yeah sludge factory is super catchy you know and it's heavy but they got the high kind of falsetto i mean it's you know and then uh, uh heaven beside you is just another one of those classics that you don't want to hear anymore because they play the shit out of it but Kind of like I mentioned on but some yeah, earlier ones when I hear it gross, now. Yeah, exactly. It's great just because I haven't heard it in so long. But, yeah, and this had even more Jerry Cantrell lead vocals yes. than ever before, which might have been, <clears throat> there might have been a reason for that. Maybe yes, he didn't I, I, do it. I'm sure I that. I think you're probably right. right. Yeah. But it's it's a band that that worked in. If this Definitely. was like Soundgarden or Nirvana or one of those other bands from that era, yeah. and someone else is going to take over some of the lead vocals, it's not going to work. You know? Yeah. But you mentioned Sludge Factory, and my four highlights from this album, as far as greatness goes, is Sludge Factory, Heaven Beside You, Over Now, and Frogs. Okay. And it's funny because, I'm being honest here, I wrote this down, (laughs) these are my four highlights, and then when we go into the next album, those are the only, those are the four songs from this album they played on Unplugged. Yeah. That was weird. Yeah, so That's I guess real weird. I guess I picked my highlights for the right highlights. Yeah, right, you did. Well, I, <laughs> I I I love over now. I think that's a killer song. I, I always dug that song. Yeah, and you know, frogs is so cool just because it's a little different. It, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty fucking long, but it's a good song. You know. Did it, you have the uh, Did you have the purple CD or the yellow CD of it? Purple. I, yeah, I think I had purple too. Well, when the case was purple. And in the back it. of it was yellow or something, but or didn't they have? Or no, yeah, the the yeah, it was the case because the the uh, the booklet was just black and white, right? Right. Yeah. But yeah, I think I had purple. Anyways, that was back when you know records came in packages. <laughs> right. Back when records meant something. <laughs> but this, all that you know, when you look at this, this is. Pretty much the end of, oh, it, well, definitely. obviously it is the end of album 
yeah. you know, studio albums, but I mean, we'll get a few more songs here in a minute, but. And, and I don't even think they did a lot of shows on this record, did they? they did, I don't think they did any. Well, I know they, I know they opened up for Kiss in 96 when Kiss that got was back later. together. I mean, that was. But. That was like into 97, because uh, okay. they, they didn't do any shows for this, because after they toured on Dirt, and I guess maybe a little on Jar of Flies or something, they didn't do anything again until Unplugged. Okay. Which was like over two years from the last time they played a show, yeah, yeah. which was 96. But I don't know when that was recorded in early 96. Okay, I think it came gotcha. out late 96. Gotcha. But, I mean, when you look at everything we've talked about so far, I mean, all of that was in a span of five years. Yes. Like, I mean, all of this huge songs, yeah. huge singles, amazing work from a band that is like... <clears throat> Everybody knows where they listen to them or not. You know the name, Alice in Chains. Exactly. And it's kind of like Hendrix in a way. Yeah. You know, I'm comparing it just because he has tons of great stuff you know, but it all came out in a short period of time. Yeah, like three years or some yeah. shit like that. Well, think about it. When's the last time you did a bunch of great shit in the span of five years? The last five years. Oh, shit. You know what I mean. <laughs> but I, I, I'll be honest. I never done anything good in the, within the span of five years. And... This band comes along and does a fucking shit ton of amazing things in five years. Right. So that's a, it's a good, that's a good, uh, that's a good space to be in for sure. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, it pretty much, you know, it's the end. I mean, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, they recorded a couple more things later, but Unplugged was the next release. And, uh, like I said, it was the first live show in over two years and it yeah. was one of the last live shows with Lane. Yeah. Because then they did the, like you said, I think it was four or five shows opening for Kiss later that year. Okay. Or yeah. Maybe it was early 97 because yeah. that tour was a couple years long. But, <clears throat> like, where to begin with Unplugged? I mean, it's, I know that you've mentioned before you're not a big fan of live albums. Yeah. I mean, I mean I, Unplugged's I, I, a little bit, Unplugged albums are a little bit different. Yeah. Than a typical live album because you're getting true. a different feel on a lot of stuff. I, I didn't have any notes for this. I mean, I listened to it and I enjoyed it, but it's, you know, it's uh, unplugged versions of a lot of their songs or, you know, stuff that was unplugged to begin with. Yeah. So. Well, my major notes from it are that, to me, Nutshell and Got Me Wrong are just so much better yeah. in this unplugged live setting yeah. than they were on record. Not that they were bad on record. They yeah. just jump out to me way more. And a lot of times bands music is cool live but it doesn't have the same greatness that it does on record in a way yeah and but these two songs are just take it to another level for me but on the flip side angry chair is so fucking flat to me on really? this album that i just i heard it and i'm like See, i'm never yeah, gonna listen to this go. again yeah, exactly this is one of my favorite and, alice chain songs and i'm like i don't want to hear this unplugged version again and uh if you watch it, you know, Lane Staley, I don't think he even moves an inch the whole time. It's oh, yeah. just so kind of like, you know, it's just kind of haunting, kind of somber. And, you, you know, well, that's the thing. Yeah. A lot of people have mentioned throughout time is like how great this is, but how you could tell how bad off he was. Oh, you know? definitely. Yeah. He was hurting, man. But then the other note from this, the other big thing is there's not a single song from Facelift. Yeah, I know. I know. Which is weird. It is weird. 
And it's kind of disturbing to me in a way. It, it is. That's a great record. You know, do we need to go back and talk about Facelift again? We should. Yeah, well, we, we could. That's better than the next two albums. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to talk about Music Bank first. <laughs> right. But, well, Unplugged was also the debut of The Killer Is Me. Okay. Oh, yeah, Which, I remember that. That was okay. new. Yeah. And Cantrell sang that, right? Mm-hmm. And that actually showed up on Music Bank. But as far as Music Bank goes, there were two new tracks that Lane came back in and sang. So they got two brand new songs. Yeah. And then there was two songs that were unreleased from an earlier time. I don't really know when. But Fear the Voices and Lying Season were the earlier tracks. Yes. And Fear the Voices was released as a single and did fairly well. It, yeah, it did. And it's a great song. And I remember when and that I, came out and I was like, man, this is crazy. Because that, that song's totally reminiscent of an earlier time period and like even more, yeah. like we mentioned, that melodic time period before Dirt. Uh, I know. It, facelift. You know? And I looked it up and it was a Dirt throwaway. Oh, really? Yes. I would have thought it was a Facelift it, throwaway. Yeah. I was surprised because I really thought that was like a leftover from Facelift, but it was a leftover from Dirt. And maybe that's why, because it, it was just a little bit more happier sounding than yeah, you hear everything that. else. I don't know. Would yeah. it fit on, on, you know? No. Exactly. See, I, I think we, I think we talked yeah. ourselves to the problem right there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It doesn't seem like it would fit in there anywhere. Yeah. But I, I I loved it. I, I was so happy to hear it when it came out. I'm like, this is what I'm talking about. This yeah. is a great fucking tune. I mean, that and Lying Season both had that yeah. throwback feel. And then Get Born Again and Died, the two new songs. You know, they're the last things that they recorded yeah, with Blaine Staley. Get, get Born Again, that that was a single, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, that got some pretty good traction, I remember. Yeah, and both these songs are great. But Died is easily the better of the two. And it's just really, you know, heavier than what they had been doing even yeah. on the self-taught album. Because the self-taught album was heavy, but it wasn't like, this was just something like thinking, man, I wonder if they had done another album with Lane a couple years later. You know, you always wonder that. What it would have been like? Would it have been like this? Yeah. But then you had also, I'd read that both these tracks were Jerry Cantrell solo tracks that he had written for Boggy Depot. Yeah. And then he brought him, you know, and he was recording him with Mike Inez and Sean Kenny anyway. Yeah. And then he brought it in and decided they got Lane to sing it. And they, so then they released it on the music bank. Nice. Nice. So it's not really to say that that's what Alice in Chains next stuff would exactly sounded like. Yeah. Because this is what Jerry Cancho was writing for solo stuff. But if you've listened to his solo stuff, you know, that could have worked with Lane oh, singing man, it too. Tol- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah, but those are, all four of those songs are great, that if you've never heard them or checked them out, go pull up Music oh, yeah. Bank and listen to those four songs. a favor. And it's got all kinds of other great stuff on there as well, but yeah. we're just sticking to the, you know, the new songs yeah, or the studio the, singles. Exactly. Well, so, so, okay, now we're into the William Duvall era, and I wanted to ask you before we get on this, you know, um, in... I put I put the I put the record on just kind of the records on blindly. I didn't really pay attention. You can tell when it's Jerry, and William Duvall sounds so much like Lane, or you know, it, I thought it was so crazy that Jerry found another singer that he could get that sound with. That you know, you know, two people. Um, it was so it was so unique what him and Lane had, and to find that again is insane. I don't know how he found that guy, but. Um, 
do you, you know, when I, getting ready for this, I watched a lot of shit, you know, a lot of the videos, YouTube, is <clears throat> sometimes it seems like Cantrell sings more, or is that just me? Or, or they just do stuff together? Yeah, to me, I think, at least I used to think that, it seemed, I've never really looked into it, but like I thought there was more of together singing than there used to they be see okay see there you go and like maybe that's on purpose to give more of that sound you exactly know? and like um like it's a good goddamn thing william duvall has a guitar to play because <laughs> sometimes he might just be standing there i don't i don't know yeah i don't know i i'm i i'm i'm kind of new to this because i i never really gave these two records uh, much of a chance again coming back to the whole it's just I don't know how it's going to be you know but I'm glad I did because these are great records and we saw this guy back when his band opened up for Jerry Cantrell and he would Jerry Cantrell would bring this guy on stage to sing Alice in Chains songs yeah so we see we saw this guy years and years and years before he was in Alice in Chains yeah he played what comes to the fall yeah um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like open for him, and I think at one point became his backing band, didn't it, after that? Oh, God, I can't remember. Well, regardless, they opened yeah. for him when we saw him. Yes. And, yeah, I mean, that's <clears throat> and that's kind of cool. It's probably just something that as he was doing that, he realized how well it worked and thought, mm-hmm. well, if we do decide to do this Alice in Chains thing at some point, then... And it was no surprise when... Yeah, it was no surprise <laughs> when he was the guy and that's what they did. Yeah. You're like, oh, well, yeah, that makes fucking sense. Yeah. But the one thing to point out is, just like with any band that has a singer that died or that isn't in the band anymore, there's always people that are like, it's not Mouse and Chains if Lane Staley's not there or whatever, I, you know, insert any band here, you know? Oh, yeah, no kidding. And, but no, to, this is the one band that I give 100% pass to without even thinking twice about oh, it. Oh, definitely. And, you, you know, you think Lane Staley is definitely one of the most iconic voices in rock history, not just of the grunge era. Yeah. You know, he's got such a unique voice, such an amazing voice. But you think of someone else from that era, Chris Cornell. If they came back here next month and said, hey, we're coming back with whoever's singing for us, I'd be like, fuck you. You know, <laughs> I love Soundgarden and I love Chris Cornell. That that pissed me off. But then I would probably listen to it and yeah. see what it's all about. But Allison Chains gets that pass because this is as much Jerry Cantrell as it was Lane Staley. Oh, totally. Throughout the whole history of the exactly. band. Exactly. You know, he exactly. wrote he wrote as much or more than Lane Staley did, and his voice was half that sound for a lot of songs, and some songs, you know, what, Heaven Beside You, they yeah. had all him? Maybe? I think, yeah, I think yeah. so. And, I mean. And, le- you know, <clears throat> I, I'll say it, <clears throat> Lane Staley was a fuck-up. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean... It's not fair to the other three guys that want to keep doing something. So, well, can you say that about Chris Cornell or Chester Bennington? Because if they mm, took their life, no, that... no, because there wasn't. Oh man, I guess we're getting into some shit here. <laughs> right? But I'll, I'll. Hey, we'll talk it out. <laughs> I think in the case of like Chester Bennington or. Or Wyland's a good example. Well, Wyland, back. see, Wyland, I put, same in, exact same, I put yeah. in the same thing as they get totally get a pass, just like Allison Chains, because Wyland was a fucking mess, and it's not fair to these other three normal guys that just want to fucking play music. Right. But I, I think that um, Soundgarden and Linkin Park are different because one, neither of them have 
done anything with another singer yet or right. at all. And two, I, there, there was a, I think it was more of a long, you know, they've, they were doing it longer. So, and, and see with, with, there was never a thing of, oh, you know, these stops and starts with STP and Allison Chains because one guy couldn't get his shit together. Right. This was just kind of an out of the blue thing with Soundgarden Lincoln Park. And we don't know how those stories end yet. So I can't really, I can't really say if, you know, passes will be given. Um, but I do know that for STP and Allison Chains, total pass, total fucking pass. But. Allison Chains even more so than STP. Oh like yeah, I'm definitely, saying, definitely. Just because it's Jerry's. That's and, Jerry's band, yeah. you know, as and, much and, as it was Lane's or and we or can, Sean Kenny or yes, whoever, you know. And we can get into the whole STP thing in, in another podcast, which I'd like to do, but right, yeah. And I mean, it's a shame. I mean, you've got well, Mike Starr passed away as well. That's right. You've got half the band that was gone, even though Mike Inez came into the band mm-hmm. during the height of their popularity and played on two. Yeah. Two of those albums from the oh, late yeah. Staley era. Yeah. So he's as much a part of this, I Definitely. think, as well. I think so. But you look at other bands that have half the band left that are still going like Slayer or something, mm-hmm. and I get more annoyed at them than I do Alice in Chains. I agree. Even though they've got the singer and the guitarist there, they're still missing yes. the greatest drummer in Thrash. And no fucking shit. The guy who wrote all the music. Yep. But anyway. Yeah, so that again, yeah, yeah we could get off on it. <laughs> but, you know... Black gives way to blue. 2009. Yes. I thought it was crazy. All secrets known. First line of the fucking song, a new beginning. Not just the first line. I wrote this down too. The whole, <laughs> I wrote it. <laughs> the whole song. Every, I think that whole lyric or the lyrics to that song are about. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Obviously about. Yeah. Not technically about Lane Staley, but about having to move on from that. Yes. It, you know, and it's a pulsing song, but it never really got up. But uh, lyrically, I I made that observation very quickly. Yeah, and so I I don't know. What do you got? Um, I mean, track. You know, just to point out one of, you know, we're music geeks, so yeah, yeah. You always hate to say my favorite song is like the biggest song, but check my brain. That's what that was the next thing. It's yeah. just so amazing that if if I it's the only song from the William Duvaller that I would put on a top 10 and they wouldn't, it wouldn't make my top 10, maybe a top 20 mm-hmm. house yeah, and chain yeah, songs yeah, of all yeah. time that would find its way in. There's several other songs I love, um, but that's the only one I think that would crack into the earlier albums. I think, yeah. Check my brain. I think is, it's a classic house and chain song. I mean, I mean, you can't, you can't deny that song just cause Lane Staley's not on it. Right. I mean, that's, it's fucking badass. A Looking in View is another that really great song. Next, we're on the same wavelength <laughs> on this album. That, that's just got a great fucking riff. I love that song. And Acid Bubble has yeah. a really cool, has that change up. Yes. That guitar riff that changes yeah. halfway through a couple times. Uh, uh, the title track I thought was pretty touching. You yeah. know, um, again, this was a, an intense record. You know, long songs, riffs. I mean, uh, this is what this band is best at, you know. They're, they're giving your brain a workout for sure. Yeah. Well, see, and they could have just, you know, I mean, it's a really strong album. It is. But that it doesn't sound like a rehash to no. earlier music. No, it sounds like. It sounds like, it sounds like Alice in Chains, yeah. but it kind of stands apart from the other stuff, yeah. which is what you would hope would happen. Yeah. Definitely. And even though he sounds a lot like Lane Staley at times, it doesn't sound exactly so that's that's another good thing. It's not like a journey situation where yes. you got to kind of really listen to tell it's not him. But yeah, I mean, so I'm just 
I'm glad they're able to pull that off to where they could have easily just wrote 12 songs that they were trying to get on the radio with. Exactly. And they didn't do yeah. that. Yep, that's right. Well, they followed that up a few years later in 2013 with The Devil Put Dinosaurs Here. Yes, they did. And this is another good album, but it's not Black Gives Way to Blue Good. Okay. In my opinion. Yeah. This is... But... It's got great stuff, but it's not something like Black Gives Way to Blue is just all killer, no filler. This yeah. one's good, but it's just like it's got some points where I kind of got bored. I, I see that, but there is one song, and I think we both know what it is. That I think is just—I mean—it's out of this world. Um, breathe or voices. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I for me, that's my song that I would put in a top ten if I had to from these two records. Oh yeah, that song is just—I mean, come on! I've been—I've been singing it for the last two days. Really, it's so good. It's—it's <laughs> it's just fucking great. Yeah, I remember when this first came out. This Stone was the first single. Yeah, and that's was, a great song too. I like it. I still listen to that on occasion, but I haven't listened to this album straight through since it came out, I yeah. think. And so when I did it again, it was cool because that and Voices and Breath on a Window and Phantom Limb were all great fucking songs. Yeah. They were definite highlights to me and that I'd go back and listen to any time. Yeah. Yeah, I like Lab Monkey. I thought that was signature chains, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But so... You know, we've always talked about this and talked about all the listening to the stuff in a row and how it progresses or whatever. And even though they never did anything bad, in my opinion, mm -hmm. but the greatness, if you rank their stuff, it's from the beginning to the end. It's basically the it order it goes. Is, isn't it? Yeah. You know, because facelift and dirt are kind of a toss up. <laughs> and then if I was putting them in order, it would just be everything after that in yep. a row. Yeah. You know, it, it would, wouldn't it? <laughs> I don't know, man. Voices being on that record really puts it above. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not <laughs> sure. But I got my I got my uh, Allison Chains tickets. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Nice. Me too. Uh, on the floor. Yeah. A rare, a rare, a rare appearance on the floor. By oh, me. you got it on the GA floor yes, part. Okay, yes, nice. I did. <sighs> but yeah, that's gonna be awesome. Even though it's like 48 months from now, but whatever. <laughs> it's still quicker than Metallica. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no shit. But yeah, looking back, glad we did oh, this because yeah, yeah, I'm so much stuff towards the end, you know, that I haven't heard in a while. Like I said, like I said earlier, I got turned back onto some of this stuff. I, I didn't really, you know, with me anymore. I'm either stuck in, you know, roots, old country kind of shit that I'm listening to constantly, or just metal. Um, that's just kind of the worlds I'm in. I, I go from that to that and I just don't really pay attention to anything else. And that's my ignorance. So to, to come back to these and, you know, hear it all in a row. And I think it was really cool and it renewed my appreciation for this band for sure. Yeah, and they've, I don't know if they've released a date, but they've got a new album coming yes, this year. Yeah. So sometime here in 2018, we'll have the third album with William Duvall. And I, I'm sure by a, excuse me, by the time the the tour hits, they'll have at least a song out or something. Well, they're touring starting next month. Oh, really? Because oh, they're touring well. April, May, and then they're doing a lot of the festivals. Oh, that's right. Okay, well, never mind. Strike that. Well, it could be, maybe I just missed it, could be one of those May releases or something. Yeah, yeah But yeah, yeah like you know. said, most of those already have a song out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But sometime in 2018, you'll yep. get new Allison chains. Yeah, and maybe we'll, uh, you know, maybe we'll do like a, a re-released version and add that on or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <sighs> well, if you haven't listened to this before and you dig these kind of things, we've done this for Metallica, Guns N' Roses, Megadeth, Ozzy, Pantera, Van Halen, Motley Crue. Is that it? I think so. Yeah. And now we just did Austin Chains. Yeah. We have haven't decided on the next one, but there's tons of bands we've talked oh, about yeah, doing we, it with. Yeah, there's a few. I know we've kicked around Faith No More. We've kicked around Tesla. We'll see. Yeah. Anthrax. We'll, and yeah, oh, yeah, Anthrax. Def yeah. Leppard. Def Leppard. Yeah, I mean, any of those. God, we could do them. And down the line, we're going to do ACDC with Travis D. Davis from Clear yes. Enemy. And that's, that's going to take two days to do because... <laughs> There's so many fucking, you know. Uh, well, what we could do is just talk about one song because they're all alike and just oh, repeat, wow. right? Get Travis the joke there. Love you. Yeah. See, see what I did there? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, maybe by the time we do that one, they'll have a new album with Axel out. Oh, fuck, I hope not. <laughs> they don't get a pass, okay? They don't get a pass. <laughs> no. All right, well, go back and listen to some old stuff soundcloud.com backslash thunder dash underground you can listen there you can listen pretty much anywhere podcasts are found like itunes and google play and stitcher you can find us on our website at the thunderunderground.com you can also listen there youtube as well as at the thunder underground we're on facebook twitter instagram and everything else we've got tons of these things with Lane Staley's final interview in 2001 was not on this podcast, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but Gene Simmons was on this podcast. Gene Simmons. And that's the last show that Lane Staley ever played was opening up for Gene Simmons of Kiss. See, we're always going to bring it around somehow. That's right. And speaking of Kiss, Bruce Kulick was also Bruce on here. Bruce Kulick. We've had John Conley from Seven Dust. John Conley from Seven Dust. You're just going to repeat me? Oh, shit. Sorry. I was joking. <laughs> Reed Mullen from COC. Reed Mullen. <laughs> okay, we're not going to do this. Shooter just Jennings. Go. Just go fuck off. Go. <laughs> Two guys from Megadeth, Dave Elfson, Chris Broderick, tons of other stuff. Name some. Oh, know. man. Uh, Gumby from Battlecross, Wino, uh, Miss May I. Um, man, now I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> uh, we had a dude from Guar. That's right. Even though it wasn't really Guar, but kind of. Um, uh, he is legend. Two, Skylar, on twice. Yeah, Those are both fucking great. Yeah, he's a great guy. He totally is. So, yeah, I mean, all kinds of stuff. All the glam bands, you know, Great White, Bullet Boys, Warrant, Trickster, Firehouse. We've all had guys from those bands on, so get into it. Yeah. Crowbar, Death Angel. Yes. So, yeah. I, those are the next two I was going to say. <laughs> right. But, yeah, you can look all that up. Like I said, soundcloud.com backslash thunder dash underground or the thunderunderground.com all right till next time thunder underground y'all